Today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online is brought to you by Wix.com. Start it on your website now. Go to Wix.com. That's W-I-X.com slash podcast and get 10% off. W-I-X.com slash podcast. It's official. Real Ghost Stories Online and the Grave Talks will be live at the Crescent Hotel for one night only, August 11th, 2019 at 7 p.m. And you are invited. I'm Tony Bruski from Real Ghost Stories Online, and I can't wait to meet you at the Crescent Hotel this August 11th for an awesome night of ghost stories. We're going to have a lot of fun at the Crescent Hotel that night as we record an episode of Real Ghost Stories Online live. The stories on this episode come from you guys, the audience, live at the Crescent. Then it's a live episode of The Grave Talks as we talk with Crescent historian and paranormal investigator Keith Scales. We'll learn all about the history of the hotel, how it came to be, why it's haunted today, what goes on at the Haunted Crescent Hotel, and allow you guys to ask your questions as well with a live Q&A segment. It's a fun night full of ghost stories at the historic Haunted Crescent Hotel, a hotel that we've had many stories from shared about over the years here on the show. Tickets are only $25 a piece and are on sale now. Go to realghoststoriesonline.com and click on the Live at the Crescent Hotel banner to purchase yours. They are very limited, though, and when they are gone, they are gone. Real Ghost Stories Online and the Grave Talks live at the Crescent Hotel in Eureka Springs, Arkansas, August 11th, 2019. Get your tickets now at realghoststoriesonline.com. Today on Real Ghost Stories Online, don't ignore warning signs of a haunting before it's too late. A man that is seen every night in his spot simply disappears, but how long has he really been gone for? And something unseen tries to settle into bed with a listener. Those stories and more today on Real Ghost Stories Online. Welcome. Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You're about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. That it is, an 855-853-4802, the phone number. Write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. Share your real ghost story with us. If you like the show, keep us on the air. Support it to become an extra podcast person. We call them EPPs. Just go to ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash Stories. Five bucks a month gets you access to all the bonus material, supports the show, keeps us going. If you want to do the yearly option, that's at ghostpodcast.com. There, we're giving away the uh, USB drive right now or a digital download of all the content, whatever you prefer. Uh, with that uh, exclusive uh, EPP episode for yearly members only, that's in there, an extra long one. Uh, also, a Richard and Chattanooga episode, a brand new one of those with never before heard material from Richard. It's very interesting. It's a retrospective, and like I said, never before heard stuff that uh, I found in archives I didn't even know we had. Uh, and it was really an interesting reveal on some of the stuff that uh, that he's gone through, along with some of my favorite interviews as well. More than 10 hours of material there. When 
when you become a yearly EPP at uh, ghostpodcast.com. Tony and Carol Hughes joining you once again. And how are you today? Hey, Tony, you know, <laughs> we haven't chatted since you went on a very amazing vacation. It has. It's It feels a little weird being back in here, uh, but I'm, I'm happy to be back. Yeah, I uh, was in Michigan and Wisconsin for roughly two weeks. But uh, back here now, and I uh, had a lot of uh, a lot of interesting ghostly uh, things on the vacation. Took a tour of Mackinac with uh, Todd Clements, who's their resident like ghost historian. He was written; he's literally written the book on on haunted Mackinac, um, and he has uh, two books out now. He's working on his third, and he uh, took us on a personal private walk around the island one night with the girls, which was really kind of cool. Um, and he didn't make it too scary for them. The things that were kind of dark, he just kind of whispered to me. But luckily, I had a microphone in hand the entire time. And we recorded that whole ghost walk. And it was kind of like a walking interview about Mackinac Island. And we walked from about the Grand Hotel to the uh, other hotel on the other end, the Mission Point. So it was like a two, three mile walk and about hour and a half. And it's going to be an episode of the Grave Talks. Um, it's it's really how fun. Yeah, it was really interesting. He was really I learned a lot of things that I, I was unaware of on the island. He kind of debunked some of the rumors that are out there about certain areas that a lot of people think are haunted, but are not so much. The thing is with Mackinac, there are so many places that are haunted. You don't need uh, rumored or or fake ghost locations to to make it a a ghostly place because almost every place on that island has a ghost story to it. Uh, but I guess some areas that just didn't have something got ones attached to it as well. But uh, it was it was very very interesting to walk around and hear all of that. So that but, was and you went to like. It was some sort of mental institution or oh. it's like some old building yeah. that looked like a, I don't know. Sometimes there's a fine line between an old convent and an old <laughs> mental institution. Yeah. And it, it Could was have been either. It was a state hospital. It was called the Traverse okay. City State Hospital. And it's, it's more than just one building. It's literally made up of probably about nine or 10 or 12. I don't know. Um, these Gothic stone structures that are about four or five stories high. And I've always been intrigued by this place. It stood abandoned for many, many years. Uh, and then around 2004 or 5, um, it, they began converting them into different things. And about two or three of the buildings have been converted completely. First time I went there was right before I moved to Wichita. So it was around like 04, 05-ish. And they had only done a restaurant in the bottom floor of one of these buildings. It's all broken out windows upstairs. It's an old mental hospital is what it was. Um, and, and they're trying to convert this thing. And the restaurant was great. And that was all I had seen years ago. Now the building has shops, restaurants, offices. Uh, there's assisted living in one of the buildings. But it still looks super creepy. Oh, my God. Well, yeah. And th- well, I, I took pictures of the ones that haven't been renovated yet. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> so, I was like, yeah. it looked creepy. Yeah, there, there's, there's a good... Uh, I probably walked by seven or eight different buildings that were still in the state of abandonment um, that they're slowly kind of working across this campus to get them revitalized. And they're doing an amazing job at it. But I, I, I thoroughly love seeing the rotting out, rusting out, falling apart versions of it. And it was it was awesome. It's something definitely to see if you're ever in uh, Traverse City, Michigan. Uh, to go in and see the, the revitalized and then the part that has still not been touched because it, it, it's just that it, it has not been touched and you can look in some of these windows and you can see 
some of the rooms that you know you know these patients these people were in uh, oh, for so long and there was one picture I, I took um, when I was looking through a window and it just it really it, it the, the conditions that 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 they allowed at a certain time for for the treatment of people with 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 these illnesses yeah. it was horrible they and, really locked them up and there was very little actual yeah, treatment it was, they, it was just yeah. a place for them to be yeah. and chain them down it or was, strap them down it was like a cage it was like a metal dungeon-esque cage and i, I just i took <sighs> a picture through one of the windows and it was it was just a rock stone basement dank room and then there was a little window in the wall that was facing the hallway, the interior hallway, and you you know well this just must be where they you know once a day or whatever coming times a day they would give you know, food, like an animal, and it was it just you could That's you sad. could feel the sadness and the how disturbing it was. Um, the, the only you know thing I could say about it is the fact that these buildings are sitting there; they're not being torn down. That we're able to look at them; they're making something out of them now, and and hopefully people can come in and, and see. Oh, this is what this was once used for. We should never repeat this and go down that road again. Um, no kidding. But uh, yeah, it, it was uh, amazing. I, I put a bunch of the photos up on uh, on our Real Ghost Stories online Facebook page. Um, but I have a lot of stuff that I'm, I'm putting together. I got a lot of video from up there and many of the places that I visited. Also visited the um, oh, what's it called? It's it's up in Sault Ste. Marie. It's uh, a museum that uh, has the some of the Edmund Fitzgerald lifeboats in it. Uh, let me take a. I want to say the name of the boat because uh, that's like a Gordon Lightfoot song. <laughs> it is, uh, and it's also uh, I can't talk and type at the same time. Um, it, it was, of course, the the boat, the, the horrible you know shipping disaster that occurred uh, up in the Great Lakes. I mean, I believe in the seventies, um, and the the boats are like ripped in half. Um, I don't know how the hell that happened, but they're just. It was very creepy. It was really interesting. The Valley Camp is the name of the ship, and it's an old freighter ship. And you walk through it, very similar to what the Edmunds Fitzgerald was. And they have all sorts of you know shipwreck stuff in there, and things about the shipping industry and the Great Lakes. Saw the Sioux Locks, but there, it's rumored that on that uh, in that museum. Near the lifeboats themselves, people have allegedly made claims of seeing and hearing sounds of of the men who were on that ship on the Edmunds Fitzgerald, uh, you know, walking around that area, like kind of out of the corner of your eye, hearing strange sounds and shouts. And it makes sense. Everyone died. There was 40 some men on that boat when it went down um, and it was a very quick wave. Boat goes down. They all perished. No one made it out. Um but uh, another eerie thing, really, to see. But I got a lot of interesting photos of that. I'm going to try and put it all together in kind of a haunted Michigan uh, piece in the coming weeks. But uh, creepy stuff. I mean, a creepy yet really great vacation. Yeah. I, and what I love about it is my kids love looking at creepy stuff and going on ghost. But I, I told them that we were going to go on a, a ghost tour. Um, we were just planning on, on going on, on literally finding the one in town and we looked it up oh they're closed tonight i'm like oh well let me call todd who's the owner who runs the thing like hey todd it's tony you're on my show about a year ago oh hey hey i know you're closed but can you give me a tour (laughs) 
tonight. He's like, yeah, meet me down here at nine. All right, great. Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> yeah, he was he was great. Um, just so informative, and just you can tell he's got a passion about it. So you guys will love that episode when it comes out. It'll be coming out uh, in September, I believe, on the Grave Talks. Um, if you're a gravekeeper over there. Uh, that's a, like EPP on this show. You'll be able to hear it in July uh, on the uh, the Gravekeeper feed. So there you go. Okay, uh, big so thanks to our supporter today, Wix dot com. If you are ready to upgrade your website or just get a website going for yourself personally, your blog, business, whatever it may be, Wix has you covered. Have you checked out Wix? Huh? Over 140 million people use Wix for their website, whether it be individual, personal, businesses. You can start and publish for free as well. Oh, that means you can check it out and make sure that you absolutely love it before paying a dime. But trust me, you will love it. Whether you are an expert in web design, whether you have no clue what you're doing with web design, Wix makes it so easy. Over 500 stunning templates to start from scratch with. Uh, customize that to basically any way you want. Uh, there's the drag and drop option. If you're advanced enough to do coding and things of that nature, you can do that as well. They have it set up so this is like just turnkey for anyone, no matter what skill level you are at. And at the end of the day, you won't be able to tell what skill level because it all looks Awesome. Hundreds of design features and apps to grow your brand online, backgrounds, galleries, menus, forms, lists, buttons, special uh, social bars, everything. Clip, it's all there. Everything you need. Stuff you have to go to this place and that place and another place and buy it. It's all there, all integrated for you. They have, they've really figured this out better than, than anyone. Uh, you just got to go to Wix.com, W-I-X.com, and uh, slash podcast, W-I-X.com slash podcast. Get yourself 10% off when you uh, when you sign up. So take the nice little discount there from us. Uh, easy to use website editor, drag and drop builder, uh, artificial design intelligence when it comes to, um, you've heard of this, SEO, search engine optimization. They got that built in too. They've thought of everything to help make sure your, your website is ready to go. Tools for every type of business you got going on, whether it's e-commerce, music, hotels, events, restaurants. Boom, they can make a website. If you're looking at um, your website now and you go, oh, kind of looks like a dancing baby should be there from Ally McBeal in 1997. It's time for a new website. It really is. Uh, and, and Wix is the turnkey, easy solution uh, for you. I absolutely love them and using that, them now for different uh, company sites that I have for a couple years. WIX.com slash podcast. Wix dot com slash podcast get yourself 10 percent off w-i-x dot com slash podcast uh 855-853-4802 is our phone number real ghost stories online let's jump into some of our stories for today's episode of the program it says first off i think i may be living in a haunted apartment i should have realized the warning signs before i moved in but i completely ignored them I moved into my apartment with my fiance at the beginning of March. He and I were meeting up with the landlord at the apartment complex the week before moving into the sign, the lease. When we arrived, we were unable to sign papers in the actual unit we were moving into because the power was not yet on. So we went upstairs to the empty unit. The upstairs unit was left very dirty and you can see why the previous tenants had to move out. They destroyed the place. As we walked through the doors and into the kitchen area, we noticed something that was left behind. A marble tombstone of someone who passed in December of last year. 
It seemed like it might be a joke because it looked like someone carved it by hand, but it was still very odd. My fiance and I looked at each other and dropped our jaws as soon as we saw it. We found it a bit odd that we happened to sign a lease for an apartment next to a tombstone that was left behind because we just recently started ghost hunting more often and have been visiting graveyards with our team. So it was a bit odd or even a bit funny that we came across something strange like this. After signing the lease and moving in, I blessed the apartment, especially after seeing the tombstone left behind in the upstairs unit. I felt it best to play it safe. Now, this is where things become odd. I felt nothing when we first moved in. It was after I blessed the house that I felt and I started to feel something. Ever since then, I've seen shadows and flickers of light randomly throughout the apartment. At first, I thought I was paranoid up until yesterday. I was sitting on my floor in the room folding laundry and my cat was eating at her food water bowl, which is placed to the left of my bedroom door. I was able to see the small apartment hallway where I was sitting and all of a sudden, I see a sliver of what appeared to be a black shadow move as if it was heading towards the bathroom. I would have just shaken this off as my eyes playing tricks on me, but my cat looked up as soon as I did. She was staring at the hall, right where I saw the shadow. She then stopped eating and walked into the hall and laid down as if she was letting someone pet her stomach. I got up instantly and turned on my EMF meter to see if it would spike. However, nothing came through. My fiancé came into my room soon after to get his laundry, and he noticed I was bothered. He asked me what was wrong, and I told him I think something is following me. It's pissing me off. As soon as I said that, you could hear his Xbox turn itself on in the living room. I looked up at him and said, your Xbox just turned on. Him being skeptical went and tried to explain why it could have turned on, but I also feel like it was just too perfect of timing. Another thing that happened within this past week that made it feel a bit on edge had to do with the tombstone we saw upstairs. I came home from work sometime last week and walked up to the back door like usual and noticed it had been thrown off the top balcony. This time I took a picture and searched the name of the person who, who was on it. Turns out this person was in fact very real and was shot by police officers after being involved in a high-speed chase back in December. I've attached a picture of the tombstone if you want to search the person. Just type in the name and the date and you'll find it. Very odd and I'm unsure about what is going on in my apartment. Feels like someone is watching me and following me ever since I blessed the house. Anyway, thank you for reading. Keep you posted if anything out of the ordinary continues to happen. I think red flag there is the tombstone when you're about to sign the lease. I think that's maybe the sign of, okay, maybe we need to find a different place. Because people don't well, normally have the tombstones at their house. That would be you or me. These are also people who happen to have the equipment to go, I'm feeling something, yeah. and they get it out. Yeah. You know, so maybe to them it was a little bit intriguing at the same time. Yeah. Um, I would be like, hell no. I mean, that's a deal breaker. <laughs> a tombstone. It's just a deal breaker. What the hell is going it's on like dating there? dating a guy who's not employed. That's a deal breaker. <laughs> Moving into an apartment where there's a tombstone in the next apartment. No. No. I don't know what the rationale is even on that. I mean, number one, nobody takes their tombstone home when they buy them to, like, chisel it out themselves. <laughs> well, it almost might have been, like... They lost their buddy or boyfriend or whatever. And, yeah. and they're like, we'll make it our own tombstone for him. <laughs> Which is weird. But, you know, people yeah. do weird things when they smoke weed. And that's it's amazing what you can do. What they're doing. 
Well, I wonder if it's something you can buy on Amazon now, because you can seem to buy anything on Amazon. Can you buy a tombstone on Amazon? I'm mean, going to look that up. Tombstone. My guess would be no, because I think we would have heard the outrage from that tombstone community. Gravestone. Oh, yeah. oh you can buy. You can. Holy shit, you can. No. Granite Memorial Stones. You can buy it on Amazon. Yeah, just like, I mean, they're not like super big, but they're, they'd be like the type that you would, um, it's like a, like a brick. Um, like you would put in your garden? Yeah, there are some cemeteries, you know, where they don't have large standing gravestones. They're just kind of flat on the ground. I, you know what I'm talking about? I've seen some gravestones. There was one down the road from my house when and I grew up. My guess is they're probably a bit more professionally done than what they did. <laughs> These look exactly like the ones at the cemetery. 200 bucks. Cemetery marker headstone monument engraving included. 199 Free shipping. <laughs> some, of them are, some of them are prime items. What? No. I could get it the day after tomorrow. You could totally get it the day after tomorrow on some of these. Some of some of them are just like pet markers for like a. And I get that. Why you could get that? That makes sense. But there's one here where it's like, uh, Allwood Paul Deville, October 6, nineteen forty nine. October. It's a human one. It is a total human grave marker. And it's Wouldn't not that be creepy if somebody yeah. bought you one with your name on it and your birthday and death day. Like, that would be so horrible. <laughs> this would be totally great to do as a horrible gift or a joke where you uh, you, you do that for somebody you really don't like at like maybe a restaurant that they're just an asshole to you all the time at. You just buy one of these grave markers and then just go put it out like in the parking lot in, in the arbor. <laughs> Somebody's, oh my God, who's buried over here by the lilac bush? Oh my God, it's me. Yeah, there you go. There you go. You can buy tombstones on Amazon. That's one I never, <laughs> I never thought to look up, but hey, there's even like value ones. There's like granite and there's, there's ones granite and it comes on a stand. Wow. There you That's go. Strange. You never know what you're going to find on Amazon. Well, those people shouldn't have moved in it, moved in any place where they found it. No. Great stone. No, that's just kind of a don't do and it. And it is kind of weird that she didn't feel anything until they blessed the house. Mm-hmm. Maybe that was just, you know, like, you can't bless this house. I'll show you. Something didn't like it. Something, and You could take it one of two ways of that. I'll show you or something was really... You know, it stirred them up because it was like hot and cold or a magnet and the opposite pole. And it just, you know, it could go evil easily, but um, who knows for sure. That's a creepy one. Thanks for sharing that. 855-853-4802 is our number at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your experiences. Next letter says, I'd like to share a really fantastic experience from a couple of days ago. I work at a night I work at night and on my way up before the elevator closes, a man in a black jacket with what looks like a Led Zeppelin fan shirt went in. He's also wearing a black cap with a duck print. I didn't recognize the face, but it's obvious that he's a kind of gloomy mood. I'm surprising because in that building, we're the only people who do the night shift. He didn't press any buttons, and I just assumed we're going to the same floor, and he's just going to visit someone. I was standing on the right side of the elevator near the door, and he stood behind me on the other end of the elevator. I tried not to look at him on the elevator mirror and just pretended to check something on my phone, though it's useless because there's no reception inside of the elevator. On the way up, I felt something bizarre, a feeling of sadness, excitement, and anxiousness 
All at the same time, I looked at the mirror and he's there looking down both hands on his face. Can't really figure out if he's crying or just covering his face. The elevator stopped at the 27th floor. It was a building designated, building's designated floor for smokers because it has an open veranda. An office mate came in and he had a little chat. Uh, thought it was a pleasant escape from the awkwardness. The man in black is just standing there motionless. When we got to our office's floor, I looked behind to make the man go out first as a courtesy. But to my surprise, he was no longer there. My office mate was even surprised, not because of the man, but by my reactions. I asked him if he saw anyone in the back, and he said that I was all alone when he got in. All night, I can't stop thinking about that moment. I don't think it's a hallucination because the details are very clear. I don't take drugs, not on medication, not up of alcohol. Heck, I don't even smoke. Until now, I'm also trying to figure out what the heck, uh, what the duck print on his cap stands for. Is it something paranormal? Or now, do I need to see a psychiatrist? I just don't know how to call it. Thank you so much for your show and hearing me out. Some people just have this sensitivity and can see some things that others can't. And that may be something that this individual is discovering. That would be my take on it. I don't really think they're crazy because you you're just going to work you're getting on an elevator like there's nothing weird mm -hmm. and somebody gets on the elevator which i always find a little awkward especially if it's a man and you're a woman that's the kind of situation you don't want to be in sure but so it's always a little weird when you're on the elevator with one other person unless so it's keith would, morrison then it's okay then it's like then it's, yeah that's cool come on but the keith elevator. morrison in a led zeppelin shirt that would not be cool <laughs> But to me, like when you're just doing, you know, your regular day to day stuff and something like that happens, I don't really think that would be delusional. I would think yeah. there was something to it. I think she saw someone on the elevator. <laughs> oh, Keith. There was someone there. Or were they? Oh, or were they? <laughs> But, what did that? I can't do that voice. What? But what did this? It's probably a good thing that you can't do the Keith Morrison voice. I want to so bad. <laughs> I need to learn a girl version yeah. of that so bad. I'll work on it. Okay. By next week, I expect to at least hear a little bit of it. Uh, well, that's all I can do. But that sounds like a guy I used to work for years ago. Well. <laughs> well. <laughs> Now, talk I, like that. I want to. I got to watch more Dateline. I haven't watched Dateline in a while. Watch a little Keith Morrison. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's just one of those things where there's probably a sensitivity there. She's able to. Uh, what makes me wonder is how many other dead people is this person seeing that that they're unaware of that you know right uh, until it's until like, it's, is there yeah. more of them until it stands out like this where it's so obvious that oh well this person really wasn't there you know how do you know that's that's kind of one of those things. That would totally freak me out. That would freak me out. She's been seeing dead people for a very like, long time. I would time. take the stairs, but it's 27 floors. Yeah. Well, hopefully this uh, maybe made the person not feel so crazy. I don't think they're crazy at all. It's just, it, it's one of those things. You have the gift and you're not alone. If you listen to the show for any number of time, you'll, uh, you'll hear many others have that exact same issue. Uh, so even Led Zeppelin fans come back to haunt people. Or do they? 
855-853-4802. That was the phone number that you were supposed to call to share a real ghost story. But some people called and didn't share a real ghost story. The ghost called and shared the story about the real people. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. (laughs) All right, let's go to our next letter. It says, my new son, Baby Jake, was born on June 13th of 2009. He's now three. He had uh, uh, written quite a while ago and had uh, half weeks old. He's had many visits, but none as strange as the three that turned up the other day. Now that Jake is growing and becoming more aware of the world, it's not just a matter of feeding him, changing him, and putting him to sleep. So getting him settled is becoming a bit more complicated. I've taken to reading to him after he's had a feed and a nappy change, but it still doesn't feel like sleeping. Being born in winter, I chose a storybook entitled The Winter Chill, a fairy story by Terry Wendling and illustrated by Wendy Found. It's uh, one of my favorites and quirky enough to read to a boy, being a fairy tale and all. So I had a little JC in his bassinet and I sat on the end of the bed, which I had just made to read to him. Sneeze, the main character, and his friend Twig had just escaped from the goblins and their evil master Mulga and the sorcerer of a flying shoe, of course. I like to think I'm a lively storyteller, and Jake being so young, he probably doesn't understand the words I'm saying, but at least appreciates the tone variance in my voice as I read to him. Anyways, I'm reading away, and Jake's starting to settle when I start to feel movement behind me. I ignored it at first, but then I thought, hey... It feels like someone settling into my bed. I kept reading and shifted my position, and shortly I felt movement again, realizing that it was very different from my own. The way the bed moved and all, I glanced over my shoulder and was quite shocked to see a heavy indentation of what looked like a bum print on my partner's side of the bed. I thought, oh dear, we have company. I kept reading some more, thinking, okay, they just went to hear the story too, and Being a strong believer in fairies and spirits, too, I didn't want to offend them. I don't want keys and socks to start going missing around my house. When I got to the end of the chapter, I closed the book and stood up saying, That's all for today. Jake's asleep now, and I don't want him to miss the rest of the story. I left the book on the bed and wheeled Jake's bassinet out into the lounge and then came back into my room and inspected my bed. To my surprise, I noticed there was not one but three indentations of all different sizes. The first one was about the size of a small child, a toddler even. The second about half that. And the third were even smaller, maybe even smaller than Jake. Remember, I just made the bed and nothing had been on it. And these were heavy indentations as though someone was sitting there. Only I couldn't see anything. Just dense. I didn't want to panic or fret, so I just calmly said, I hope you enjoyed the story. I really hope your intentions are good because if anything happens to my son... I'll find you. I then left the room and went about my business. I decided to leave three biscuits in front of the dance just in case they were fairies. I hear they like sweet gifts. Coming back into the room again later, the biscuits were still there. As were the dance, but they weren't so deep now, as if whoever was sitting there had left. The pressure of their weight was no longer pushing down into the bed. I felt the air above the dance with my hands, and it was warm and tingly. It sent shivers up my spine. I wasn't quite sure what to make of it all, so later that day I had my two best friends come over to see. They both felt a tingling sensation as soon as they entered the room, saw the indentations and felt them the way I had done before. They both felt something, although one said it was warm and tingly, the other said it was cold and clammy. 
They both had constant shivers up their spines, as did I the whole time we were in there. That happened for two days. And for the record, there were no drugs or alcohol involved. But I did want to share this story and get an opinion with you guys as to what may be going on in my house with these spirits. Thoughts? Carol? I like that the last letter in this one, like, okay, just, <laughs> I just want you to know I'm not doing drugs. I'm not drinking. I don't think I'm crazy. A lot of people say that today. Yeah. Which I like because you're doing a little troubleshooting mm-hmm. for us. It's like, okay, I'm not a heroin addict. I want you to know that. Yeah. So that's good. But I think, I think number one, she, I'm assuming it was a she, mm-hmm. um, I thought handled it really well. Like, I love that. Like, you just wanted to hear this story. Mm-hmm. So I kept on reading. So I'm like, did they really just want to hear a story? That's kind of sweet if that's the case. Like but then if you're getting that weird, creepy feeling a little too. But I like that. It's like, you know, leave my son alone mm-hmm. <laughs> in a nice way. I think I, that, I think no matter what the intention of the ghost is, I would still be getting a bit of a weird, creepy feeling, even if they're the kindest, most well-intended spirits. No matter what, there's going to be some element of that there for me. I think it's just kind of a perception thing as far as who's encountering the spirit. But I think they did the right thing by just simply saying out there, hey, hey, this is my house or, you know, whatever. Story time's over, kids, even the dead ones. Uh, come back I tomorrow. would be like, I would probably jump up and yell, what the F? I would scare my kid yeah. who would then be wide awake. But to me, I would find it. Kind of, I don't know that I would have the composure to do that, mm-hmm. which I think it takes quite a bit of composure to be able to experience that and be like, okay. And then she fed them like cats. And you know, when you feed cats, they just keep coming back. Which is kind of sweet, though. It is kind of sweet. I do like cats. <laughs> I like cats, too. But do you want, I mean, do you want to, like, keep having all the, all the strays coming to your back door all the time and be known as, like, the fast food for the cats, or? Well, I do care that they're fed. Sure. But wait, so what, I don't what, know. What about when there's, like, 42 of them the on your porch? the one or the mean one that <laughs> yells at them, I'll go with kind. 42 cats on your porch. <laughs> No, and I don't. I have no feral cats in my neighborhood, so I'm lucky there. I I would be that woman. I have one, and I want to feed it. (laughs) Every time I try to like go close to it, it, it's it's very scared. It's gotten a little bit closer to me the last this last week. Um, It's a giant cat. (laughs) Like, and I think like I I think one of the neighbors feeds it because I usually see it in their yard. But every once in a while, it wanders over to ours. And it kind of, I, I jump every time I see it because I'm not expecting it. All of a sudden, I'll just be in the yard and I'll turn around and there's this massive, like, cat right there. And I go, hi, hi. Uh, or is it a ghost cat? Neighborhood kitty. And it came a little closer to me this week, but you know, I, I should put some, some tuna out or something and see. I just put, like, here, eat it. Except one day, we did have, it was several years ago, we had a feral cat. Mm-hmm. So we'd put cat food out on the front porch. And one night, there is a fox eating the cat food <laughs> on the front porch. And I live in the right in the middle of town. Yeah. It's not like I'm out in the country. Yeah. 
It's, they're they're everywhere. I, when I remember seeing there was a family of foxes living in a culvert down the road from me when I was in Wichita, and I lived in the city too. It was, it was the cutest thing. There was just like the, they are adorable. It was three fox little. Ba- it was like a baby and the mom, and three little fox heads picking sticking their heads out of a culvert. I, I have video of it. It was like really oh my god, that's adorable. Really cute. We have a fox in our neighborhood, and we call him Skanky Fox because. <laughs> he um, he looks a little rough. Um, at first, I thought maybe he's rabid or something, but I think he has mange. Um, but he's oh. been here for years. And I, I had called um, someone in the neighborhood going, now, does this? I think there might be a rabid fox over here. They're like, oh, no, that's just uh, the fox that looks kind of rough. He's He's been here for years. <laughs> and he, he doesn't care about anything. He just walks to the road. He'll sun himself in the middle of the road. I've parked my truck in front of him waiting for him to move. And he's walked up just to the side of my truck, looked up at me, stopped, and then just kept on going. <laughs> just like, oh, thanks for stopping. And then he just moves on. <laughs> <laughs> you need to go to the vet and go, what can I feed this skanky fox mange? I know. I, I feel bad for him, but he's like, he's so random where he shows up and it's usually in kind of somewhat wooded areas. But I mean, if there was something I could give him so he can get his fur back, it'd be great. But he's just kind of a character. Poor he, little skanky fox. I know. It's like we walk around, we, we have skanky fox in our neighborhood and we have Bob the turkey. They're both completely single stray animals. And turkeys, as you know, they're normally in, you know, groups of, of turkeys. I don't know if it's a pack of turkeys or what the correct terminology is. But we have this other, this one who's always by himself. And our, our, our neighborhood's a couple square miles uh, that we, we live in this development. And every once in a while, it's very hilly, very hilly. And just at random times, all of a sudden, hey, there's Bob the turkey just walking down the side of the road where there's no one else at. Just- and you know the thing about turkeys, for anyone who's never, if you live somewhere and you've never seen yeah. a wild turkey, they look very prehistoric. Yeah. And they're quite large. Mm-hmm. And it's like, they kind of freak you out when you're not expecting to see one. Yeah. Because they do. They look like they should have been back in dinosaur days. They are. They're like dinosaur birds. And, and he, yeah, yeah. he just wanders around. One day he was walking on the middle of the road and refused to get out of the road. So you're just kind of like, it's like he was a golf cart in front of me. And I just had to kind of wait for him to move. And he didn't care. He's like, I'm, I'm going this way. He's, he's like consistently, he's always lost. It's like a, it's kind of like a cartoon animals that we have around here. It's very weird. Uh, 855-853-4802, our number at Real Ghost Stories Online. Another letter, it says, when I was 12 years old, my mom, brother, sister, and I moved into an older house in Pennsylvania. I've always been very in touch with my feelings when it comes to paranormal type things. And from the very first time I even saw the house up until the first year we lived there, I always had an odd feeling, but never actually experienced anything. My sister and I shared the attic and would often stay up talking to all hours of the night. One night, In the middle of our conversation, we heard someone walking up the attic steps. So we stopped talking and pretended to sleep because we were already supposed to be sleeping. While lying there, I realized that no one actually walked up the steps and I got up to check it out. But it was nothing. We shrugged it off and continued talking until we heard the footsteps again. We stopped talking and looked at each other and waited. Suddenly, it sounded as though something was running up and down our steps. My sister jumped into bed with me and we just laid there listening to it silently until we fell asleep. This happened several more times, but only to me. My sister never heard it again. 
Another odd thing that happened in our room was that both our beds used to shake. It wasn't an extremely violent shake, and you couldn't actually see it shaking, but you could feel it. In fact, a few of our friends have felt it while sleeping over, and none of us could figure it out. I've had other odd things happen just to me, like putting up makeup on in the morning before school. Several times it felt as though someone rushed up behind me, and each time it scared me enough to make me jump and drop my makeup. And speaking of makeup, it always is being moved around or it would go missing. And no, it was not my sister. I've also seen things out of the corner of my eye and I swear in the middle of the night someone pulled the covers off of me. I also once woke up to the sound of a bag rustling around in the middle of my room. And when I quit, it, and when I flipped the light on, it just stopped. The only thing I can think of that didn't take place in my room is one night I was sitting in the dining room on the computer and heard the sound of something moving in the kitchen. we just gotten a kitten, so I didn't think anything of it. Later, I went to get a drink and I noticed that our space heater was moved from the far end of the kitchen all the way to the entrance of the kitchen, and there's no way that an eight-week-old kitten did that. These are the things that stick out in my mind from that house. Of course, at the time, I'd feel a little uneasy and occasionally frightened, but I never felt threatened. From all the things that went on, it almost seems as though it was children. I eventually moved out when I was 17, and until the day I moved out, I always felt something in that house. I'm in my 20s now, and I've only really experienced two or three things since. My family no longer lives in that house, and I've tried talking to my mom about my experiences, but she doesn't believe in the paranormal and laughed it off, telling me that I was young and it was all my imagination. So for the most part, why was it only me experiencing all of this? And I'm wondering if anyone else had other experiences in this in that house that they're not telling me about. One of those things that'll come out later in life. Like, oh yeah, we were all freaked out in that house. We just couldn't talk about it until now. That seems to occur every now and then. Thoughts? No, that's what happened in my family. Yeah. Well, like, not everybody, but there was things... Like, the kids all kind of knew, but... You know, my mom would be like, yeah, 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 whatever. Mm -hmm. So she always acted like we were crazy. And then it was years later, she was like, well, you know, there was that one time. <laughs> or then like my dad, as we were adults and he was sharing stories. And I think in part, my mom probably was a little clueless. But I think that my dad kind of didn't want to scare us. Sure. So then if, if they confirm it, and my mom might have been that way, I don't know. But she really did act like she thought we were crazy. But, you know, you, would you confirm it to your kids? I don't think I would. No, I, I think you do it like it's kind of a defense mechanism in some ways of, you know, you don't admit it. Maybe it's not really happening. Yeah. You know, it, I think it really just depends you know, if it's going to scare them more or if it's going to, you know, make them feel validated. I don't want them to feel crazy like, oh, you're seeing these things and no one is taking you seriously. I'd want to validate that they're not nuts. Um, if that's I how think that parents feel. would opt to be dismissive. Like, yeah, yeah, it's nothing, it's nothing, it's nothing. So you're not really saying your kid's crazy, but you kind of, I guess, are in a way by being like that. Yeah, because if you do validate it, then the kid could be really scared because sure. then your imagination is going to go crazy. Yeah, I, and I, then another thing: don't put a twelve-year-old in the damn attic. <laughs> like that's just bad. That's a bad idea. 
The basement and the attic, not good ideas for no. uh, for housing children. You on the same floor that you're at <laughs> in a haunted house. I mean, really. Yeah. That's just like a public service announcement for anyone who lives in a haunted house. <laughs> Don't put the kids in the basement, the cellar, or the attic. The more you know. I was say, I wish we had the sound effect right there. I used to have it like on a auto button. I don't have it anymore because I would always do that, like just random shit. Just the more you know. They, I saw that recently. They brought it back somewhat, and it's nowhere near as cool as it used to be. It's just like, well, you need to bring that back. I should. I'm gonna get that on a hot key so I can just press it whenever we need it. It's just ready to go. The more you know. Great idea. Great idea. Yeah. All right. And I do think that in a situation like that. That I think there could be not denial on the part of the other people in the family. And then I do think they're just people who are sensitive to that. Mm-hmm. And she might have just been sensitive to it. And the other people in the family just weren't. I think that's so quite, it's kind of a blessing and a curse sort of thing. Quite, quite often, I think, probably happens in a lot of families where some are, you know, they just have that gift and others, you know, stronger than the others. And then... It all kind of mixes together and who's seeing what and, you know, if everybody's comparing yeah. stories, some are going to think the other's crazy until everybody's on the same page, understanding right. what um, what exactly is going on there. Thanks for writing in that story and uh, and sharing that with us. Do appreciate it. Uh, all right. Tickets are still on sale. couple left for the show in Eureka Springs, Arkansas. That is going to be on August 11th at the Haunted Crescent Hotel. If you want those, get on them before they're gone. Go to realghoststoriesonline.com and get those. It's going to be an awesome night of ghost stories. Can't wait for that. Uh, if you like the show, keep us on the air. Become an extra podcast person. EPP at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Until next time, for Carol, I'm Tony. Thanks for listening to another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. This might look like a normal job, but it's not. When hackers infiltrate networks and steal or destroy proprietary data, we're all at risk. Becca used to be a mid-level programmer until she earned a master's degree in cybersecurity online at Grand Canyon University. Now she's setting sophisticated honeypots to lure and catch hackers. What do you think protecting your company looks like? GCU offers over 175 high-quality online programs like this one. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Worried about keeping up with your fave friends all summer? Or posting every perfectly pink sunset you see? Don't sweat the connect. You can have it made in the shade with four lines of unlimited data for $100 a month. Scroll the staycation pics, find your new go-to takeout spot, or catch some rays on video chat. Whatever you and the crew are into, all the data makes it all that much better. Smile, you're on Cricket. Cricket Core acquired on four lines. Data speed limited to three megabits per second. Cricket may slow data speeds when the network is busy. Additional fees, usage, and restrictions apply. It's the game everyone's talking about. Shim Sham, a laugh-out-loud adventure for you and your... Cockroaches. Part board game, part dance-off, Shim Sham is loads of fun for... Cockroaches. ...of all ages. Just spin the wheel, strike your pose, and get ready for a... Scurrying cockroach. Don't let roaches ruin the moment. Orkin, home is where the bugs aren't. Visit orkin.com to learn more.